Welcome to the MMA Facts, the podcast. My name is Thomas. Today I'm going to be recapping all of last week's UFC 245, breaking down the main event, the call main event, a bunch of other fights. We'll be talking about next, well, this coming up weekend's um, fighting career with Frankie Edgar and the Korean Zombie. Break down a couple other fights if we got the time. And we're just going to go with the flow. Today is the first podcast. I will be having other people with me joining me in the next couple of days for other podcasts for other um fight cards and so on and so on i do have an instagram it is the same name it is mma facts the podcast if you want to follow i will be posting this sometime tonight <clears throat> the main event colby covington kamaro usman i mean what can i say i mean Usman landed 175 total strikes to Kobe's 145. No takedowns, but there was two drops in the fight. Now, before I start breaking all this down, I mean, to begin with, 175 strikes landed, 145 strikes landed. These two men went below for blow and beat the shit out of each other for as long as they could. I mean... The respect is there. I mean, if you look at it after the fight, I mean, Colby or um, Kamara Usman did not say anything negative at all about Colby. I mean, really, after the fight, I mean, he said he was going to knock him out. He said he did that, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, but did he say anything else? He didn't say he was trash, that he couldn't fight. He didn't say anything. I mean, they went to war, and I think Kamara Usman, Colby too, but I think the respect is there and i'm just gonna say this you know <clears throat> they're saying colby's supposed to come back june 16 2020 so you're looking at probably international fight week he'll be back they're saying you know tyron woodley looks fantastic to fight him obviously i love that fight i'm pretty sure a lot of the fans do but um you're looking at leon rocky edwards also in that category of who should be getting um, the fight, and I'm not talking the title fight, I'm talking the Colby Covington fight, the only person that should be getting that welterweight title fight next is Jorge Masvidal, no one else, there's no question that's nobody else, um, but you're looking at, you know, realistically, for another showdown, you're looking at, I like Woodley and Covington, I also like Covington and Leon Edwards, Woodley and Edwards, I mean, all those three guys fighting each other in any which way is fantastic. But you also got to throw in the mix Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think he's a threat to the uh, division still. No questions asked. Um, I think, you know, you put Wonderboy versus Edwards, Wonderboy versus Covington, you know, mix those fights up, you know, that would be great. You got Santiago Ponzinibbio in the mix, you know. Realistically, you know, that, that man, you know, I feel bad for him, for his family. He keeps getting injured all the time. His luck is so bad. So, I mean, if you want to throw him in the mix, I mean, him and T. Wood, him and Covington. Oh, you're looking at just ridiculous fights for that. So, I do like that. I mean, you got Kiasa and Rafael Dos Anjos coming up. Maya needs a fight coming up, but um, I don't I don't foresee you know Maya really in the mix for any of those big big fights, but um, all in all, I mean, let's get right into this card though. I mean, or this fight. So you're looking at the nut shop. Now I was at the event live, but I did come home. I I did watch the fight, but so I was at the event live. Um, the nut shop. I'm gonna be real. It looked like it was above the belt. On the bout line, you know, didn't do anything to the groin area. That's how I feel. That's what I've seen. I feel like that's what everybody knows. The eye poke, on the other hand, that's a realistic thing. That really happened. But on the hand, when the nut shot happened, I'm just going to speak my piece. I feel like the pressure that Colby Covington was putting on Kamara Usman at that time, Usman couldn't handle it he was not anticipating it to happen and i felt like he was being overwhelmed that happened it broke Kobe covington's pace that's what happened with that 
Um, the broken jaw. I mean, there's really nothing to say about that. I mean, I see a lot of fans going back and forth with fighters and just the disrespect that he deserved it. And, I mean, realistically, let's be real. Every single fighter signed a contract. They know that they could break a jaw. They could lose their vision. They could go deaf. They could die. I mean, it's just a a fact. I mean, look at what's happening in boxing right now. You know, all those deaths that have been happening. So... You know, I mean, he, uh, you know, he's been disrespectful. He said things he shouldn't have. He's been, I mean, he's been racist, I felt like, in some of the things he's been saying. Um, He got, you know, him losing the fight, you know, he that's what he deserved. He lost the fight. Um, The stoppage was an early stoppage, I think. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. I've seen multiple fighters in that position, you know, due to the fact that he was hurt. You know, maybe Goddard looked at it like that in that situation. I didn't really see Mark Goddard really give an explanation, but, you know, realistically, he doesn't have to. He is the referee, and he stopped it because he wanted to. So that's that for the early stoppage. I do think it was early. But um, all in all, I mean, the fight was just fantastic. And But I think the broken jaw and people just reacting to it, karma, this, that, I mean, you can say whatever it is. I mean, he was in a fist fight with a guy that was really tough, the welterweight champion, actually. Let's let's talk about that. Um, I do think Leon Edwards is not the number one contender. I think um, Street Jesus, Cuban Jesus, however you want to pronounce it, Jorge Masvidal, um, is the number one contender. I think they should fight. I think they should fight International Fight Week. Um, there's really no other fight to make for those two guys in that welterweight division. I see GSP talks. That's bullshit. All of it's just talk, rumors. I mean, that's all. That's all that's going to be. Um, and then I see you know Connor one forty five, one fifty five, one seventy. Now, the thing about the situation is, is you look at the top fifteen. Donald Cowboy Zeroni is not ranked no more in that top 15 in the welterweight division. So I don't see him. I just don't see the situation with with Kamaru Usman happening with Connor. Um, maybe if he beats Cowboy and it, the, the, it lines up to where he can fight Jorge Masvidal before Usman. But, you know, obviously I'm from my standpoint, from being just a fan, I mean, uh, you know, a fan of the MMA, you know, who would want want to see Kamar Usman really fight anybody or same thing with Conor, who would want to, but the thing is, is, and this is me being a fan and me being, you know, a journalist or anything along those lines, I think Conor McGregor should fight Justin Gaethje, and I think Conor McGregor should fight Tony Ferguson. Um, I think the Donner Zeroni fight is absolutely a good fight to make, but for 155, because I think he should fight at 155. I'm not understanding what the 170 division is. I I think it's because of the whole Jorge BMF belt, which, you know, it is what it is. It's not really a big deal to me. So I just think, you know, he's doing it on both ends. But I think, you know, for Dana to say, oh, hey, if he beats Cowboy and Khabib beats Tony, it's okay, so what if he beats Cowboy and Tony beats Khabib? Is he just gonna go fight Jorge Masvidal? Like now we're now we're trying to get to questions, you know, other questions like wh- what are we doing? So, but the Usman and Connor, I mean, right now, that's way out of the question. Like, there's there that shouldn't even be discussed. So along those lines, but other than that, I mean, UFC is upping well ESPN, but UFC they're upping their prices. For the Conor McGregor pay-per-view, I don't know if anybody did see that, but um, God, I mean, they they're tra- they're pulling out all the stops they can since this guy's coming back, and it could be a hit or miss. I mean, I, a lot of people love the guy, but I mean, he's been out for so long. I mean, you got names. I mean, there's there there's some big names that are out there. I mean, you got Israel. I mean, he's he's a big name. I mean, Khabib is 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 up there i mean then you got these girls but not just that i mean francis Ngannou, stipe dc 
I mean, all these, those guys are all just, the names are big. They sell. They all sell. I mean, you look at some of these pay-per-views, and people are buying these pay-per-views with these other names, and it's not just Conor McGregor no more. I mean, almost selling out, you know, big names. I mean, I just don't, I just don't know. So for them to up it and everything, I feel like they're getting a little bit greedy. But maybe they're, you know, maybe they know. Maybe they know something we don't know. But other than that, the co-main event, Max Holloway and Alexander the Great Volganowski. Now, do I think that this was an early stoppage? I do. Or um, do I think it was a wrong stoppage? I'm sorry. Um, or a wrong decision. I absolutely do think it was the wrong decision, and here's why. I've been watching MMA for a long time, and I remember what the quote used to be years ago. I'm talking like 06, 07, 08, 09, you know, back in the day, and then even, you know, 2012. Johnny Hendricks, George St. Pierre is a perfect example. Here it is. You have to beat the champ to be the champ. Gustafson, John Jones, part one. You have to beat the champ to be the champ. 135 strikes to 157 strikes is not beating the champ to where to be the champ. He didn't, he didn't, I didn't see complete domination. I didn't see where the great took over and just you were like wow you know this dude is showing up the champion you know i felt like i was watching the frankie edgar fight pretty much with max holloway i mean a little bit more pressure some leg kicks i mean but i felt like max was doing everything right do i think this aligns for the for a good rematch yes I think Max Holloway is going to go in there, and I think he's going to try to finish Alex. But I also think Alex is going to do the same. Now, do I think he's going to – He's. I don't think he can, though. That's the thing. I felt like he was talking about the reach. I got the reach. I'm not concerned I, I, I'm not concerned about, you know, all of that, Max's pressure. I think, you know, I'm good. I'm good at bringing all the pressure, blah, 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 blah. I think all of that, he just didn't – couldn't do anything, you know. Of, of those swords, I don't think he can knock Max out like that. So I just he just tried to point him, and I guess, you know, for say he outpointed Max Holloway, but I don't think he beat the champ to be the champ. That's not what it is. And for Dana to say immediate rematch is absolutely 100% accurate. I think for Alex to say, yeah, he thinks so, I think he, he knows it too. For him to say, you know, well, I already beat him five rounds, so people, critics are going to talk the shit and – you didn't do anything really to make me or the rest of the world say, oh, my God, you are you should be the champion. Here's why. Look at what Mac, Max did to Brian Ortega. <clears throat> you, look at what Max did to Jose Aldo twice. You understand what I'm saying? Look at what Henry Cejudo did to Marlon Moraes. You know, you got to look at it like that. Look at what he did to TJ Dillashaw. On top of that, look at what Khabib did to Dustin Poirier or Conor McGregor. Look at all, you know, you got to look at it like that on those levels. I look at it like that. Or or look at what Usman did to Tyrone Woodley. If you want to look at a complete domination to go all five rounds to where the judges have to say, wow, he beat the champ to be the champ Kamara Usman did that to Tyrone Woodley you got me that's how a five round decision should be but other than that Israel Adesanya Robert Whittaker you know what I'm saying I mean stuff like that on those ends <clears throat> you know you you if you're gonna say that you could say John Jones lost to Tiago Santos really I mean if you want to throw it like that kind of I mean I mean, fights like that, I mean, that are that close. It's just, or the Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko fight, the second fight. Whoa. I mean, give her the title. I mean, it just, 
so that just that just didn't make sense to me. But you know, all in all, they're supposed to rematch, or that's what they're saying. So we're gonna see. Other than that, I don't see anything really too impressive. But I do say there's a lot of great fights that are that should happen in the 145 division and i'll try to break some of those down right now for you brian ortega's injured um do i think frankie edgar made the right decision to take this fight no and i'm gonna tell you why after this fight let's just say win or lose he wins where does he go in this in this division and i'm gonna explain to you why he fought max holloway he fought brian ortega Zabit is his training partner. He beat Yair Rodriguez. He beat. He's fighting the Korean Zombie. He fought Jose Aldo. He fought Jeremy Stevens. That's the damn near. That's the top ten right there. He's not gonna fight Zabit. He's not gonna go rematch Yair. He might try to rematch Ortega, and he's not gonna fight Aldo. I think Renato Mocano, Mocano is moving up to light heavy or um lightweight division. I don't see Frank Yeager winning this fight and getting a title shot. I don't see Frank Yeager winning this fight and going anywhere in the one forty five division. I felt like I felt like Frank Yeager has an issue going down to one thirty five, and I feel like Corey Sanhagen would have finished him in that fight. That man is the new breed. Frank Yeager's a legend. He's seen everything, felt everything. Um, but I feel like this Korean zombie fight's gonna be something different. For the Korean zombie, on the other hand, if he beats Frankie, I mean he moves up in the in the in the in the weight class in the in the rankings. And then where does that put him? Because you're looking at I mean Max Holloway and the Korean zombie, you know. But Ortega, he they said he doesn't need surgery, so he's coming back. But I think they should put Ortega and Jeremy Stevens together. I know Stevens has been itching for that fight. But other than that, I mean Zebi, Korean Zombie would be great. Yeah, you're Rodriguez and Zebi. Um, other than that, I mean you got Ortega Volkanovski, but I see Jeremy Stevens and Ortega should be matched up real real soon. Um. Other than that, I mean, that's, you're looking at, like, nobody else. I mean, Calvin Crater, he needs to get back in there. He, I know he's itching. That fight, that three-round fight with Zebi was not what he wanted. But I don't see anybody really in the top 15 that he should be fighting right now. I think he should be fighting somebody in the top 10. And right now, I mean, there's really, everybody's lined up. Besides Jeremy Stevens, Brian Ortega's injured. Max Holloway just had a fight. So if he wants to push for the Jeremy Stevens fight, that would be humongous. But I do like Jeremy Stevens, Brian Ortega for North Fork, Virginia. Main event that's coming up in a couple months. So watch out for that. See if that does happen. That would be fantastic. Now... Let's go a step farther down into the 135 division. Although, Magic Marlon Marais. This fight was great. <clears throat> a lot of back and forth. You know, I felt like Jose Aldo did control the pace for the entire fight. You know, first round, I do give Marlon Marais, you know, some some advantage, you know. But he did get outstruck. Jose Aldo did outstrike him. Only by a little bit. It wasn't anything, you know, significant. 59 to 63. You could honestly say it could be a draw. I think they did say it was a unanimous decision, you know, which... Horrible. I don't believe, you know, the the unanimous decision was the right call, but... But, you know, I'm not the judge. (laughs) I was there. I watched it live. I did see the whole thing. You know, I broke the whole thing down when I was watching it, but, um... All in all, I mean, it could have been a draw. I don't see Marlon Moraes actually winning the fight like that, but if you want to give it to him, you can. Um, Damage-wise, I mean, Marlon Moraes did look messed up. Does Aldo get the next title shot? No. And if you want to say he does, I don't see you being a realistic MMA fan. Um, 
I just don't see it happening. For one, I don't see Marlon Moraes was getting. I don't. Marlon Moraes wasn't getting a title shot if he won. Let's just be real with that. If you think, if you want to ask me who I think should be next in line, Petrian is. He just showed why he is, you know, title contender series all day long. I mean, Uriah Faber is. All in all, like a really, you know, he's a legend, but I don't think he should have took top 10. I mean, he should have been, you know, fighting top 15 guys. Nothing in the top 10. I mean, I'm looking at the the rankings. I mean, Rivera, you know, he already beat him. You know, Rivera already beat him. Pedro Munoz, you got Asanto again. I mean, Cody Sanhagen, Corey Sanhagen would have finished him too. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, Aljo. Aljo would have. Aljo and Uriah would have been great. Aljo would have beat him. Marlon Moraes would have would have did the same thing. So, I don't see Uriah really. None of them made sense to me. But I, realistically, I mean, that showed us this past weekend. That showed us that Petrian is just he is really, 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 really tough. I mean, if there was any doubters. There's no doubt no more, and if if it isn't Aljamain Sterling, it's Petrian that's going to get the title shot next. Um, you know, I think it was the wrong call for Frankie Edgar to dismiss this Corey Sanhagen fight. But now for that to happen, I think Corey Sanhagen and Petrian or Aljamain Sterling would be a good fight. He deserves a really good fight, and those two gentlemen should offer it to him, or Marlon Moraes. You know, I you know Marlon Morris won the fight, so he's still up in the rankings. He's still ranked number one. Give give Sandhagen that fight or Petrian. Petrian Marlon Morris would be fantastic. I did hear Marlon Morris calling for Aljamain Sterling though, so that would be a great main event too. So make that a five rounder. But um, I don't think Aldo should get a title shot. I think um, Henry Soto's being really messed up in the situation. Um, I'm not going to say he's ducking any of these guys. I don't know why he won't just fight General Joseph Benavides. I spoke to Benavides this past weekend. He's he's in shape right now. I mean, that man fights, or he trains 24-7, always in shape. I mean, so he, he said he's ready. He's been waiting, spoke to the UFC. They said they're waiting on Cejudo. You know, Cejudo is the man. He's holding two titles. He's done a lot of stuff. You know, Benavidez said he, the only person he's willing to fight, you know, is Figueredo. So we'll just have to see. But I think, you know, something's going to have to start coming along real soon with these situations because there's a lot of fights that can happen. And so who knows holding these situations up? So all in, all in good time, I mean, <clears throat> I think that we're going to see all these fights start falling in the place that I'm saying are close to them, but um, they're all really good. They are really good, but I do think Corey Sandhagen deserves, you know, uh, just a a ridiculous, a ridiculous fight. Maybe a main event because of this whole situation with Frankie Edgar falling out. I think him, Corey Sandhagen, and and Algermain Sterling main event or Petrian Corey Sandhagen main event. Somewhere, that's just, I mean, that fight is ridiculous. I got some big news, if no one's heard. I don't know why. Rory McDonald leaving Bellator, going to the PFL for next season. He's going to be trying to fight for that title and get that million-dollar check. Why? I'm not sure. But Rory did speak out, and he did say that Scott Coker and Bellator did not offer him more money or anything after the PFL offer. I'm not really too sure why. But, um, I mean, is it a good call on Bellator's end? I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think Rory McDonald can beat Douglas Lima. I don't think, you know, I don't. I just don't, I just don't see that happening. But um, maybe, maybe he, you know, maybe he think he thinks he did all, everything he could do f- 
for Bellator. You understand what I'm saying? Because, you know, he's... He, you know, he's fought basically the who's who in that division, you know, daily, Lima twice, John Fitch. So maybe I think, you know, him leaving might have been the right call. PFL, though, I'm not really a big fan of the PFL situation. I do think that Rory McDonald is going to run through. He's going to run through the, the, the situation over there, take the competition out. I do feel like, you know, he's taking the easy route. Not going to U not going back not trying to go back to UFC. Not staying with Bellator. Bellator has got some murderers. Murderers over there in that division. I mean guys, I mean I'm not trying to sit there and fight half of these guys, so it just, uh, I do. I feel like you know he's getting older. His time's coming up, and and that's just what that is. So PFL might be, you know, it might be the right situation for him. So obviously, you know, I'm gonna check that out. We'll check it out and see how it goes. But um, on top of that, I mean, Douglas Lima has got some competition either way. So I know MVP is wanting, you know, wanting a rematch real soon. So. Definitely be checking that out. Other than that, I mean, there's just been a ridiculous amount of fights being announced. I'll be breaking down plenty more. I'll be having people joining me throughout my podcast. Um, I appreciate you listening. And again, my Instagram, MMA the Podcast. Check that out. Thank you. Welcome to episode two of MMA Facts the Podcast. My name is Thomas, coming to you live from New York. Very cold day, not going to lie, so glad to be inside and uh, be breaking down some, some fights that are coming up this weekend, both for UFC and for Bellator. A lot of great fights that have been announced today. And just a, a bunch of gossip or bullshit that has been going around lately, so <clears throat> we're just going to be discussing that today. So let's just break right into... The main event for Saturday night, um, it is UFC, it is in Korea. It was supposed to be Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie, but now they have switched it. Frank Yeager is stepping up 23 and 7 and 1 against 15 and 5. Mr. Chan Sung John, the Korean Zombie. Now, Frankie's coming off a loss at this weight division, a, f- a title shot to be exact. Now, I was reading somewhere today, actually, to be exact. This man was stating that he still thinks he's got the 145 title run in him. Now, if you listen to the podcast yesterday, I mean, I broke down the top 10, top 15. I mean, where does Frankie stand in this situation? I mean, let's 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 be honest. I mean, there's nowhere for him to go. I mean, it's either he's beat, some, beat somebody in the top 10 or he's lost to him, so... I felt like that 135 run was perfect for him. You know, I do think, you know, going in and fighting Corey Sandhag was definitely not the right choice. And I do feel like, you know, he slipped out of there. Um, It made the right choice. I'm going back up to 145. But, um, again, he's got a roadblock for, for that fight. So, I mean, you're looking at, you know, the Korean zombie either way. I mean... He's got a hell of a task ahead of him either way. So, you know, best best of luck to Frankie. I mean, realistically, the dude's a legend. He's done it forever. So he's seen it all. He's felt it all, you know. But I feel like, you know, if you take a, take a look back at some of Chan Sun uh, Jung's fights, I mean, look at the fight with, with Dennis Bermudez. I mean, he one-punched Moicano. One-punched Moicano. Now, you look at it like, okay, he went to war with Yair Rodriguez. Five-round just war. But Frankie dominated Yair. Now, you want to look at it like that. You know, and then you can start bringing all the strategies and, 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 and all that. But realistically, <clears throat> Frankie's not going to stand up there and, and trade with the Korean zombie. Um, I do see Frankie losing this fight. <clears throat> I do see him getting caught 
sometime in the fight and getting finished. I I see him get you know being a lot slower in his in these days. So, you know, I do see that happening. You know, but one thirty five, I I feel like he should be at. But I do feel like he should be fighting somebody, a Rob Font, um, somebody along those lines. I don't I don't think that he should be fighting. Corey Sanhagen. That's that was just sending him right into the wolves immediately. If you've seen that man fight recently, whew, definitely a contender. We'll get into him actually in a little bit. I have actually some some stuff to talk about for him. But like I said, Frankie's coming off the loss of the title. I mean, is his confidence high? It could be, but I don't. I don't see him going into enemy territory and just being able to get the victory that he wants. I don't see Frankie Edgar getting anything big out of this win if he goes five rounds, does what he normally does, and that's win by points, win by a decision. If he does that, I mean, you're... I like him and Calvin Crater. I mean, I feel like Calvin Crater and Zabi should have been five rounds. Don't get me going on that situation. That's a different time. But, um, I mean, if Frankie, I mean, if he wants to stay at 145, we're looking, we're pushing him back at the top 15. So, in the top 15, let me pull up these rankings real quick. Because all in all, I mean, they're, they're, they're all good. Everybody's good. But, you know, if Frankie loses and he wants to stay at 145, you're pushing him back to, you know, Emmett. I know Emma and Arnold Allen are fighting soon, but um, Shane Burgos, Calvin Crater. I like Calvin Crater on all these matchups. I like Calvin Crater on every single matchup that's above me, and I think he would have beat Zebby in a five-round fight. I think Zebby would have gassed. I think the pressure and the power from Calvin Crater, Cater would have been ridiculous. Now, on to the co-main event. Great fight. Now, this fight, whew, I can almost guarantee you I'm go- we're going to see a finish in this fight. You got 16-4 Vulcan Ozdemir versus 12-1 Alexander Rakic. Alexander, this this kid is, a, is dynamite. I mean, seeing him and what he just did in his last fight against Jimmy Manoa, with the finish, I mean, if that didn't if that didn't make your heart skip, if it didn't make it flutter, when you've seen that man go unconscious like that, you don't know sports, you don't know MMA. I mean, that was one of the nicest head kick knockouts I've ever seen. And then going in there with no time, we're gonna see if if Olsdemir is going to is going to take him down because I feel like Alexander is going to have the speed advantage. I think he's going to be too quick for Vulcan and I think you're going to see Vulcan take this man down. Um how he's been doing in his last fights. I don't really see I f- I feel like since the the Daniel Cormier fight, he's been a lot different. You have not seen no time. Um so all in all, you know, it's 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 going to be tough, but I do see it going to be it's going to be a good fight, but I do see Alexander getting the W and I do see him moving up into the weight division. Now, speaking of the light heavyweight division. I love Anthony Smith. If you don't like that guy, you need to stop watching sports. I mean, the story of this man just he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. I mean, the man should not be where he's at today. I mean his management team. I mean all in all, the, he's a, he's a, he's a winner. His wife, he's got the the kids, all oh, the daughters. I mean, he's living a wonderful life, and is he's number three in the world. I'm looking at it like this. Corey and Wahlvich is a sick fight. We'll break that down when we get closer. He beat Gustafson, and they said Gustafson's coming back. There's only Glover Teixeira, which he's been calling out, which he's been saying. He's been calling out in a nice way, no disrespectful way. So I think we'll see Anthony Smith, Glover Teixeira coming up here in 2020. 
that's a main event fight or a co-main event fight. I could see that on the April and Brooklyn card. Hello. That's a beautiful fight. Anthony Smith can sell a fucking fight. He can put some asses in the seat. And uh, I know my ass will be in a seat, seat live to see him wherever he is. So I know for a fact that that's probably the fight that's going to happen. I see no other fight happening. Tiago Santos out till June. Cormier, he's still ranked number two in the light heavyweight division. He needs to be kicked out. Other than that, I mean, Latifi's heavyweight. Sosa says he's going back down to middleweight. I mean, I see nobody. I see Misha uh, Surkinov, but I see him in... Uh, Glover to share a happening maybe later on in the future, but other than that, I mean, what I would like to see is Anthony Smith Tiago Santos rematch from the 185 up to 205 and see really if Tiago Santos can handle you know Anthony Smith at 205. I mean, he he did win the middleweight fight, but you know Anthony Smith is a completely new fighter at 205, healthy, looks great, he's phenomenal. So we are going to see you know. If that comes to term, but I do see the Glover Teixeira and Anthony Smith fight happening, one hundred percent. But um, other than that, I mean, I do see, um, L uh, Vulcan Ozdemir um losing that fight. This weekend, I do see him taking the L. I see them basically switching, um, numbers from eight to to ten. I do see Alexander going up to eight, and I see him. Um, start challenging the big dogs. I do see Alexander probably possibly beating Vulcan Ozdemir, and then by the time this fight ends, and by the time Tiago Santos is able to come back in June, you're looking at maybe I'm not sure if he's able to start training by June. I'm not sure. I haven't really read into that and see how that was, or, or how 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 it's going, but. If that is, you know, maybe International Fight Week, Alexander Rakic, um, Rakic and uh, Tiago Santos. But either way, that fight is really interesting to me. I do see the winner of Wahlvich and Corey Anderson getting the winner of Dominic Reyes and <clears throat> John Jones. I mean, that sounds like it's just a given. You know, that's basically, they don't need to hint it. I mean, they were just, they're, they're basically just throwing that at you. Like, Corey Anderson... You know, what he just did, that performance with Walker was insane. Wahlvich, he's more on an up-down, up-down, but realistically, he's always there. He's in the picture. He's won a uh, few straight. He beat, you know, Souza, Rockhold, all these middleweights have been coming up. So, you know, it's a tough one to call with that situation. Maybe if he can finish Corey Anderson, boom, he'll be he'll be in line after Dom Reyes. But, uh... We'll, you know, we'll keep a close eye on that fight as well, and we'll break that down closer when, when it comes. But uh, as for as for the Alexander and the Vulcan fight, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. I'm not sure if um, Vulcan is going to stand up and bang like he usually does. I do I do see him trying to take um, Rackick down, and I feel like the speed the speed from Alexander is going to be too much for Volgov. Or Vulcan, and I do see a finish happening in that fight, 100%. On to another organization, <clears throat> UFC, wow, Bellator is having two events this weekend, one Friday night, one Saturday night, they are both going to be in Hawaii, um, the return, 35-8 and eight, Josh Barnett, he comes in, he's coming back against 19-7, and seven, Ronnie Marks, um, what do I think of this? <clears throat> Realistically, you know, I look at I look at the Bellator um rankings. I look at all that. <clears throat> I mean, they really don't have a ranking, but I look at their roster and my I mean, Josh Barnett, I haven't seen him fight in a long time. But he looks like he's still able and capable of just running through the competition. Do I see some hard fights for him? I mean, Bobby Lashley would be a sick fight. I do see that fight. I'm not sure, like, how Scott Coker and Bellator do things over there. I feel like UFC does a lot more. Like, they let a lot of stuff out, like how they how the matchmaking happens and everything. You know, I would love to see more how Bellator gets it, gets their stuff going. But, you know, I, I just don't know 
how that you know how to break that down with that situation with 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 uh Josh Barnett but you know you got Czech Congo in in the situation but you know I'm not sure if 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 anybody read what he was saying about Ryan Bader um we'll get to that actually in a second but I want to just you know break down some of these fighters I mean Josh Barnett's coming in 35 and 8 I mean, Fadar's in, in there. You got 8 no Tyrell Fortune. So, I mean, there's some... I mean, you got Jack, Jake Hagar, who I do not see fighting anywhere in that top competition anywhere soon. I mean, Rampage, he's considered both weight classes. Timmy Johnson, but, you know, Congo, Lashley, Vitaly Minikoff would be a great one. Josh Barnett and Vitaly would have been great. Matt Mitrion, I mean, I see names in here, you know, but I do see, you know, not a lot of these fighters giving, you know, Josh Barnett those issues that um that can that 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 he had in the UFC. You know, I see some fighters maybe giving him a couple issues, but I don't see anybody really being able to dominate him. You know, and then if you look at the look at what he spoke on, I'm not sure if anybody read, you know, what he had to say about <clears throat> Ryan Bader. But I will read some of it. He said he's a tough dude. Um, he really um, asserted himself in that Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix, and he has some great performances. I think it would be foolish to ever discount Bader or to undermine what he's done, but I don't see him as someone that could keep me from being champion. I am a better fighter, and I'm bigger. I do agree on a lot of that stuff. Ryan Bader's a lot more athletic than than Josh Barnett. Um, Josh Barnett's older, you know, he's older in age, but he's a lot more out of shape. Ryan Bader is just he's just in shape. I mean, I'm not sure if you know if any of you guys have seen his fight lately, any of his fights lately, or you know, just his interviews. But if I mean, you can YouTube this man. I mean. There's stuff around with Bader. I mean, he's always in shape. He's always in fight mode. I mean, the dude's a, a two-division champion. I mean, so he can fight you at 205 or he can fight you past 205. So, um, but honestly, that's a fight right there that would sell tickets because Josh Barnett's a big name. He is a legend, honestly. You know, he, he belongs in, in a Hall of Fame, you know, along, along, you know, along the future. But um, for here on out, you know, Saturday night or fr- tomorrow night, Friday night, um, I do think he's going to get the W. You know, I'm not too sure. You know, Dominic Cruz says, you know, Ring Russ isn't 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 real. Um, I can't say that's true. Uh, you know, but we are going to see. I wish Josh Barnett the best of luck. I do think he's going to get the W. You know, I think just the experience alone. I mean, 35 and 8. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of fights to have. So I think, you know, Ronnie is going to have his hands full, and I think it's going to be a great fight. Um, The main event for Saturday night, the women's title for Bellator, um, there's really nothing for me to break down as far as the champion. You know, they're going to do it again for her. Hawaii, um... I like that Bellator is able to give her, give her the push that they're doing. I mean, it's just... Realistically, all in all, I mean, this is something that you like to see. I I feel like Bellator does a lot for the women's for the women's um MMA community. I mean, look what they're doing with they you know signing all these females lately. So as soon as UFC's letting them go, I mean, they're just scooping them up like it's you know like it's nothing. So you know I, that's that's what I like. I, I like it right. You know, Catzagano. Or Liz Carmouche. I mean, they're they're all just in in it to win it now. And then you got you know the big fight with Cyborg coming up. So all in all, Bellador's doing a lot with the women's <clears throat> with the women's division. So I think the fight Saturday night is going to be fantastic. I think and still, but the co-main event, ladies and gentlemen, AJ McKee versus Derek Campos. I don't know about you, but. If I was Derek Campos, I would be very, I would say, aware in that first round due to the fact that A.J. McKee, his confidence 
is so high right now. He's just on a jet, and he has not landed, and he's not going to be landed for a long time. <coughs> um, uh, I do see, you know, ish, you know, I do see ways that Darren Campos obviously can when he's got power. You know, he's he's versatile, but AJ McGee is just a killer. I don't know who this man like trains with that. That that gives this man the motivation in that training facility, but holy shit! When he knocked out, when he got his last knockout, the place I was at erupted. This man is going to be champion. I mean, there's no question about it. And I just love. I mean, I just love the whole thing. Fascinates me, um, and I think he'll be fighting for the title. Real soon, AJ McKee is 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 is, a, is the real deal, and I feel like if you don't know a lot about this man, you need to, you need to definitely look into this guy, watch YouTube's, but um, if you're gonna be listening to this podcast, he's fighting Saturday night, so tune in, watch that fight, highlight reel, I can guarantee it. Couple fights that were just announced actually today. I like them. Not gonna lie to you. <clears throat> I think they're actually both these fights are the right moves. That's really <clears throat> how I look at the situation. I look at the at that they are the right moves. Let's let's go to this first one. Neil Magny versus Lee Jingling. It's added to UFC two forty eight. Um, phenomenal fight, and uh, a lot of people probably like you know. Is Lee Jingling up to the par? Well, let's look at it like this. I mean, Neil Magny was supposed to fight in Rochester, New York against Vicente Luque. Good thing he didn't. Vicente's a killer. Um, I think Neil Magny is still ranked. Let me let me take a look. Neil Magny is ranked 15th in the world in the UFC. Um, so basically, you know, Lee Jingling is on a tear right now. He's on a winning streak. They're looking at it like this, you know. This is that push that he's finally needed to get that top 15 opponent. Neil Magny is a very, very tough guy to fight. He's been laid off for a while. I think the pressure's not going to be there for Jingling. I do feel like Neil Magny is going to be able to, you know, keep the reach. His height, oh, God, I mean... He's tough, you know. I don't. I don't feel like Jingling is like up to RDA, up to his par yet. You know how RDA just ran through Neil Magny like he did, but I, you know, I think Neil Magny's gonna have a couple issues in the first, you know, in the first round, round and a half. But um, because Jingling likes to throw some bombs, um, not Vicente Luque bombs, but they're bombs. But um, I think Neil Magny will pull this one off. That's a good fight though. Really good fight. UFC two forty eight. A lot of fights to be announced for that pretty soon. <coughs> Another fight. Norfolk, Virginia. Now, this fight is in February. Now, I was actually throwing a couple fights out there yesterday on the podcast that I would love to see for the main event there. I don't know you know, who's going to be ready. I don't know if Elderman Sterling is going to be ready. I think he deserves a title shot, though, but... Other than that, you know, we'll get into some of those fights. But for Northfolk, Virginia, they do have a fight announced. They got Cowboy Alex Oliveira versus Mickey Gall. I mean, guys, they are giving Mickey Gall just, you know, they're not, I mean, how can I say this? They're not humongous names, but they're big names. They are big names. Um, Oliveira, his, his, Carlos Khan, Diego Sanchez. So you're looking at fights like that, and you know Mickey Gall is making a name for himself just because of these big names that he's fighting. They may not be the, you know, the Tony Ferguson's or the, the Stepes or you know the Eddie Alvarez's of the world, you know. But these names, Diego Sanchez is a complete legend. Carlos Conn is a legend, and uh, Cowboy Oliveira. I mean, you know, he may not be you know the best athlete or the best fighter in the world, but that guy is. He's got a big name in the UFC. Because of the way he fights. And um, I do think Mickey Gall's got 
a hard test in front of him. I think this is his hardest test ever. Um, I do think he did have a good chance against Carlos Condit. I think this fight, Mickey Gall might take a loss on this one. You know, I can't say guaranteed, you know, because Mickey Gall is getting tough. I'm not sure. Is he still training at Ruka with Jason Perillo? I'm not sure if he's still doing that, but <coughs> I do know that wherever he is, he needs to be training hard because Cowboy, I don't know what that man does, but he he he, he fights. He gets it. He he goes for broke, so I know, you know, that's going to be a, a great fight. Um, Another fight announced for Virginia, Norfolk, Virginia, on February 29th, 2020. Um, Brandon Allen, he'll fight on Tom Brees. It's a great fight. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm still waiting on that on the main event. So, all in all, you know, they'll probably end up announcing, you know, they got to put, I think Corey Sanhagen and Petrie Ann would be great. Great for the main event for that card. Um, <clears throat> another fight for Northwark, Virginia. Um, Zahara Farron Dos Santos. She's actually fighting Felicia Spencer. Ridiculous fight. That's also for the, on the Northfolk card. Um, also, Megan Anderson will fight Norma uh, Dumont. Fantastic fight. I love watching Megan Anderson fight. Um, her coach, James V. James Krause, as a matter of fact, he's a he's a great guy. So make sure you guys check that check all those fights out. I mean, they just keep coming with the with the with the big fights. I mean, you got Paul Craig. He's fight. They just announced him fighting in London. I mean, you can't really go wrong with any of the fights. And if you guys didn't know, tomorrow the Corey Anderson, Jan Wahlvich tickets go on sale. Same with Connor and Cowboy. Big, you know, big fights, big names on all the cards. Anthony Pettis is going to be on the counter card. Once it gets closer, we're going to break it down. Um, so pretty much, you know, we're going to take a break. We'll be back, and uh, we got a bunch more to break down. Masvidal, Masvidal's got a few things to discuss. PFL. Um, pretty much, Alex Gray broke his hand, so. We'll get into all that in just a little bit on on the third episode of the podcast, guys. Thank you.